Okay, kids, let's go. C3 penis face and R2 dickhead. Hello there. You can found someone you have, I would say. <laughs> May the force be with us. Fucking A. Good day, Galaxy Rogue Squadron Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. You're welcome. I've never been able to say that before. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. I've never said that. <laughs> I've never uttered words. <laughs> never had the chance to. How are you, Mopar? Uh, I am delectable, and you? Nice. I'm great. This is Commander Cody, and I'm doing, I'm doing pretty fine. I got a new seating apparatus here, as you can see. Yeah. Clutch brand, Commander Cody colored. I'm very happy. I like it. It's very comfortable. Went, went with the stadium mustard uh, color there. The stadium mustard. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Who, there's no one in canon that has an orange lightsaber, right? No. <laughs> At least not in That's, canon. That's uh, not. You, you just pissed me off. I, <laughs> no, I don't think so. That's what I'm here for. So I'm glad. No, I was I was going for the, you know, the Commander Cody colors. So I'm, everything's orange yeah. and white and it's black. Pretty, it's pretty it's pretty spot on right there. Yeah. Pretty yeah. close. Yeah. Uh, why, why do you got part of the apparatus still sitting on the ground over there? Oh, it came with like a extra lumbar support that you can like strap in the back for the lower back, oh, okay. uh, which I don't really need. So I just left it off. It has a head cushion too. Nice. Yep. yep I'm pleased. Yep. Pleased to be pleased. I'm pleased, pleased with you. Mopar. This is episode 232. Um, Seems like everyone that has ever been in Star Wars before is going to be in the Mandalorian season two. So we're going to talk about that before or later. Now confirmed, Tarkin. Tarkin's everyone, Tarkin, Thrawn's in it too. I heard George Lucas is going to be in it. He's coming back. It's a cameo of that random politician that he played in episode three at the uh, opera. You didn't hear about that? I don't I don't trust it. <laughs> Never seen that one, have you? No. Um we don't I mean any uh like groundbreaking news that we had for today? Um nothing super huge. They're just continually rolling out, you know, every single thing for season 2 of The Mandalorian. They're just going to give it all to us ahead of time. So more um casting/character announcements that we can talk about. Um anniversary of episode one and episode three and it's may so i mean it's the anniversary for almost every star wars movie right but it's 15 years it's a big one for episode three true um and we all know how big of a episode three fanboy i am oh yeah um, it was like uh the pushed off the ledge for me i was always i mean i was a star wars fan as a kid but uh that one was like different to me. It was darker. People died. It was like the downfall of all the hippie skippy jump jump rope people. Um, hippie skippy's over. <laughs> hippie skippy's over. You know the, the event's been canceled. Corona. That's what happens. Yeah, no more happy dancing in episode three. No, uh, even though they do half of the movie, it's it's Anakin and Obi Wan just 
taking on the entire Separatist army by themselves and they don't give a shit. But Whoops. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Whoops, I killed the CES, CIS. Whoops, my bad. I killed all the droids. They're all dead. Isn't it isn't it weird that I I don't view like Anakin and even Luke? Like I'm pissed that Luke's happy dances through everything, but I'm completely fine with Anakin doing it. Well, he's 50% DNA and 50% midichlorians, and he knows everything. So, yeah. True. No, and no, I, I mean, that's a fair point. He's been, he's been, you know, trained by Obi-Wan, I'm sure, quite a bit by Yoda and all the rest of them. I mean, it was a high point for the Jedi, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just okay with it. Completely okay with him just not giving a fuck and crushing everything with his uh, nightmares. So, he wins, bro. You know that game from Go, or from, I almost said. <laughs> from go daddy you know that game from big daddy it's called i win that's anakin it's called i win that was anakin, anakin when he was a kid then he went to tatooine and now he's a jedi he wins yeah but uh yeah happy happy 15 years um and i mean at the time we thought this is it this is the last star wars ever very true little, little did we know um and isn't it weird that even knowing you know, at the time that that was this was the last Star Wars, we were cool with it. Like, and it went out with such a good bang. Yeah, definitely. Do you remember much so of dark. the of going to see that in theaters? It's like I have vague memories. You know, it wasn't like it's not a hundred percent locked in. It's not photographic, but uh, I do remember being there. You know how bad my memory is, so I, I don't I don't really remember. You know what I do remember is I had a bootleg from Urker. And so I watched the movie with my parents and my sister, and it had like the film scrolling numbers at the bottom because it was a jank bootleg. But I, that's the first time I watched it because I, I saw it before, I think before I saw it in theaters. You mean somebody else had the bootleg and they forced you to watch it? You didn't do anything illegal. You would never do that. No, I happened upon it. It, it was in my <laughs> uh, DVD player. So I just went with it. <laughs> What's the statute of limitations on Star Wars content? It's I. They're on their way to annihilate me, turn me into dust, <laughs> right now. Statue? Is it statute? Yeah, of limitations in Ohio. Let's see what that is. Let's see if we're in any any trouble here. Six years for most crimes, with no limit for murder. All right, we didn't kill anyone well, while watching episode three legally, so I think we could well, talk about it safely on the podcast. It's been fifteen years. <laughs> fifteen. Um, yeah, I remember getting the that quote unquote illegal copy and uh you know what i had to do since we were you know all the rage star wars was all the rage back then i just had to put it on the school servers so that regardless of <laughs> what classroom you were in in riverside you could always have a you always had a copy of uh, revenge of the sith so you could always watch it when you were boarding class i that's funny because i was not gonna uh, get away from this conversation without mentioning that <laughs> that any any computer in the entire high school you could go on and just watch <laughs> episode three. <laughs> what a time to be alive! Also, the screensavers flash tits and big assholes and all everything. Remember when we changed all those in the library? <laughs> oh gosh, that, it was a time. I mean, it's it it still stays true that the young kids just know more about technology. So we went in and like broke into the computer's mainframe and uploaded shit. It was actually really easy. Screensavers. I mean, they just it had was. like, here's the server that like all the important stuff's on. So no matter what computer you're on on the network, you can get into it. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to drag and drop this little MOV file over here so I can watch Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, good. 
Good stuff. Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, we can talk about uh, episode three all, all fucking day if we wanted to. Which can I mean, we? if you're in for it, I'm in for it. Let's fucking. This do is it. an episode three podcast now. I was thinking of switching it to a an Overwatch podcast. I'm just going to talk about Overwatch yeah. forever. But we can talk about Revenge of the Sith if you want a little bit. Also, let's uh, get into the yeah. 15 years for Revenge and then 21 years for uh, Phantom Menace. They both came out on the 20th? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because what is it? It's, yeah, because the day, the day changes like one day per year as you go. So like the 20th is on a Wednesday and then next year it's on a Thursday and next year it's on a whatever. Or maybe I have that backwards. But yeah, so six years later with the leap year, then you have the 20th is same day. I didn't even know that back in 2005 when we saw that. It's like that would have made it even more awesomer. Even more super cool. Awesome. Uh, So yeah, we got that. And uh, like I mentioned, some Mando stuff to chat about. And then uh, I rewatched all of the Mandalorian, so we can go into a little more detail about that. I know I started that last time. And there's also some podcast news, but not Star Wars related news. And I don't know if you've heard about this, um, but Joe Rogan signed a exclusive deal with Spotify. Okay. Which will start in September. And then by the end of the year, uh, the Joe Rogan experience is going to be only on Spotify. Jesus, how much did they pay him for that? I was one. That's the first thing I thought of. It's like, you know, they had to shell out some cash in order to get him exclusive on their platform. A fuck that's a ton. Lot. Oh, yeah. He's, that's probably the most influential podcast that's ever been. By far. And so to limit it to one. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, hundred million easy and probably more. So, the funny thing is, he's uh, he built the thing on flashlights. <laughs> <laughs> it's always funny going back and listening to one of those early episodes. Like this is brought to you by the flashlight. Just like, what? Bang your hand, <laughs> and it feels great. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so that, that's okay. Well, that's that, big news in the podcasting world. Yeah. And if you, I mean, you guys know, uh, or if this is one of your first times listening, where this, that's basically where we got our start was we heard that and we're like, well, f- fuck, let's try it and be dumber. And unfortunately, there wasn't a Star Wars version of the Fleshlight, so we didn't have a sponsor early on. So, <laughs> but now, but now there brought is. to you by twilex.com. <laughs> the, the Fleshlight Saber, the Fleshlight Saber. <laughs> Bang you your <laughs> Use the force. Um, yeah, it's pretty, I'm curious about um, if, his frustrations with YouTube had any part to play because part of the deal is that he's also moving all the video content. So like new video episodes of the podcast, they're going to launch it. This is, I think that's part of the thing. They're going to kind of use him as a flagship and launch video on their, on their platform. But YouTube has been getting crazier and crazier over the years with taking things down and copy strike here. And you can't say this and you can't do that. And I think that might be part of the reason that he wants to kind of switch things over. You know, it's it's kind of upsetting, and um, I mean, YouTube as a whole, it's so produced again, and there's so it's so hard driven in ads that it's gotten away from. And okay, it's a it's a it's a company, and they make a fuck ton of money, so they did their job. But yeah. it was always nice to just go on to something that was like 
very rough. There's no editing quality. It's just people being themselves and making stupid shit. Yeah. Now I have to go on. There's like channels that are official that, you know, it's like I, I, I still go back and watch stupid memes 100%. that were made 10 years ago. I don't want to watch this high, highly produced shit. Like, well, mostly yeah. what I watch even now is just memes and Overwatch videos and PewDiePie and Star Wars stuff and Joe Rogan. Yeah. That's it. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the difference in YouTube versus like all the podcasting platforms is that it's just YouTube. Like that's, I mean, there's Vimeo, but like, it's just YouTube. Like that's where everybody goes to get all their content. They have like 2 billion monthly users or something ridiculous, like active monthly users. Uh, but in podcasting, there's, you know, there's like four main apps and then there's probably a hundred random, like third party podcast apps where you can listen to uh, any show you want. So that's where everybody's kind of getting you know, curious as to why he's going exclusive. People don't like Spotify. They don't want to switch over, but they do like the show. So it's all, you know, drama on the internet. What's new? The other news is uh, we also signed that same agreement. We're a hundred millionaires. Oh yeah. Joe actually said he wasn't going to switch over unless Rogue Squadron was part of that deal. So (laughs) he cut us in about 10% of that. So we're sitting, sitting pretty. So, Congratulations. We're no longer going to podcast. I'm just going to buy Mopars. And <laughs> she said, I want the worst Star Wars podcast out there with me or I'm not switching. Yeah. I said, I okay. want the worst one possible. That's fine. Oh, my God. We can do that. <laughs> we can do that. Um, oh. Weather wise, I know we haven't done a weather update in a while, but it's been raining for seven years. God damn. It's been Camino here since like Monday morning. It's been bad. It's been bad across the entire Midwest, but uh, yeah, I, supposedly it's supposed to end here next couple of days, and we're supposed to have just a fucking perfect weekend again. So uh, we're we're kind of lucking out. But I am uh, I'm okay with the rain. People get get mad at it. I'll go outside and walk around. I, I went for a walk last rain, night, dude. I uh, I put on my rain jacket and uh, I just went for a walk. Uh, it's still w- relatively warm, which is the the nice thing. So yeah, even but, if you do go outside, it's still fifties. You know, ish. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm okay with it. It is annoying, but uh, no way. Where we are, it's in. It's it's May. So, Camino is a cool planet, but I could not live there. Ah. Like from a uh, design standpoint, I think it's really cool, but there's no way I could fucking chill on Camino. That stuff drives me crazy. You could see it. What, what would, would Obi Wan uh, just track would... in fucking rain and muddy footprints through the entire cloning facility? There should be no mud. That's true. I made that part up. There's no earth. There's no plant. No, there's no dirt. Jesus ass. Um, <laughs> no what earth. would be your, uh, I think I've asked you this before, but what would be your planet of choice to build a house? Oh, I always say Naboo. Um, what would be your second one? Because I, I mean, I think a Naboo would be a top one out, out of all of us, but. You know, just for like adventure feels, I'd probably choose like Kashyyyk. Because that'd be cool, yeah. Like the even the, you you see like the the beaches of Kashyyyk in episode three, and that looks fucking perfect, beautiful. Oh yeah, perfect, beautiful. Giant trees too. Trees bigger than buildings. Oh um, well, yeah, I would live in a tree on tree the house. beach. Yeah, constant treehouse. It's awesome. I would live in a tree above the beach because the trees are so tall. Right. You want to stay away from the droid too. Yeah, and I would parachute down to the beach daily. Just just daily. Because. How do you get back up? 
I have a Wookiee throwing. <laughs> he just chucks you all the way up to the top of the tree. Uh, yeah, I would probably say as a backup to Naboo, I don't know. Coruscant might be cool. I like the city. I like busy, active cities. So that might be cool if I can just stay out of the underworld. Not be living in the fucking trenches. But it'd be yeah, fun. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't wouldn't say that. Alderaan would probably be the other one, but we don't really ever see Alderaan. I'm just <laughs> assuming it's Naboo, but uh, slightly different architecture. <laughs> yeah, good uh, good call, actually. We barely get to see that in the movies. I'm going to pull up some images here. We don't really at all. We just see... Uh, There's one like big Leia, sweeping okay. shot of it. Yeah, like at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Happy anniversary, everybody. The greatest movie of all time. Yes, thank you. It looks like Coruscant style buildings, but instead of the entire thing being a city, they're just like nestled on like mountain ranges and stuff. Looks pretty dope. Yeah, it's like m- medieval Europe, but space. <laughs> like I'm saying castles in mountains. Like I'm picturing Europe with all the castles and mountains. I see. Like uh, Austria, Bavaria. Yeah. 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 Alderaan probably would be cool. I picked Coruscant. I'm just thinking like, you know, some variation between Out like city box. and country and whatnot. Ryan over here says Cloud City. Yeah, that's why we don't like Ryan. So. <laughs> Please leave the chat now. Jesus. Please exit. <laughs> I'm just messing with What else? There's nothing else on Bespin, right? It's That's the only uh, settlement there, right? It's Cloud yeah, City, right? I mean, I've never really thought about it, but I yeah, I'm picturing kind of just like a Jupiter with a floating station on it. Jupiter. Boys go to Jupiter to get more stupider. <laughs> it says there's a population of 6 million on Bespin, so there has to be more than just Cloud City. Holy shit, or that's a big ass. Wow. Bunch of people just living in the clouds, living in the gas. Sorry, I'm popping out the chat here so I can keep up with you. You turds here. It's in a lot of um, stuff, so I don't know. Cloud City. Yes. It is a floating city. <laughs> it's a hit city. <laughs> uh yeah. What's what's the uh, so what's the news on, on Mando here? What how many other Ewoks are gonna be showing up on screen? Everyone's back, dude. Kathleen's gonna be in it too. Um there was another announcement. Now I don't know who this character is. This character's name is Cobb Vanth. Uh, he first okay. showed up in the Aftermath series. Uh, let's pull his Wikipedia entry up so I can figure out who the hell he is. But he is supposed to be wearing Boba Fett's armor. He somehow gets a hold of Boba Fett's armor. Which, the fact that they announced this now is like, well, they just told us Tem is back. So is he Boba or is this dude just has Boba's armor and then... Tam is just going to be playing like Captain Rex or something. I have no idea. You know what? Now that I think about it, so this is this is something that we did uh, bring up off off uh, the the show uh, that the fact that they're considering bringing Boba Fett back in the Mandalorian would be the first canon story of him surviving the Sarlacc pit. I think so. Uh, which yeah. is, I yeah. For I mean, I haven't heard anything. I know it was like released that he does can. Uh, you know, in canon, but I don't think anything was made of it. Uh, and maybe this was the seed planted, you know, for this story. But um, what I'm thinking is in the Bounty Hunter Guild books, I want to say that Boba Fett loses his armor in or someone steals it 
Because what? I, oh, okay, so uh, what I'm trying to get at is someone finds Boba Fett after he was eaten by the uh, Sarlacc. He like kills the Sarlacc with a rocket and then passes out out of blood loss. Someone comes across him and I think steals his armor, mm-hmm. but leaves him for dead. And then someone else comes across and you know helps him out. Right. So I, maybe it's the process of him like finding his armor again and and uh, I don't know. Huh. Yes, I think it looks like somebody is going to pick up his armor. So I'm reading the, uh, let's flip the screen over to the browser. I'm reading the Wikipedia entry. And it said he's a human male that lived around the time of the Battle of Endor. He was a slave and he rose to become a sheriff of Freetown, which is on Tatooine, after acquiring a set of Mandalorian armor from Jawas. Which I'm assuming Jawas probably salvaged Boba Fett's armor from the Sarlacc or something. Oh. Or he tried to escape and then he was, you know, just like Finn, he was walking across the desert and like shedding his armor one at a time. I don't know. Um, it wasn't sold sold uh, to Revan by a Rodian on... on uh, should be. Just random like Yavin. Cassius Fett. You yeah. want some of this shit? All the Fett armor. All the Fett armor. Um, sheriff of Freetown. That sounds like something from uh, Fallout. I'm the sheriff of Freetown. <laughs> yes, this is our does. atomic bomb. Get the fuck out of here. Yes, it does. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, located on the planet of Tatooine, and there's nothing about it except for that little story in Aftermath. Um, and it, he's going to be played by Timothy Oliphant, which you probably recognize. I I never knew this dude's name. I always forgot his name, but I recognize him from. Um, Scream. I think he was also in Damages TV uh, show. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, but I don't know. He looks like a badass. So seeing him in Boba Fett's armor would be pretty cool. What's uh, what's the actor's name? Timothy oh, Oliphant. Timothy... James Elephant is playing Boba Fett. <laughs> Tim Elephant. <laughs> Tim the Tool Man Elephant. Uh, let's see. Uh, did you, I know you started to read Aftermath, but you said it was dumb because Wedge was in it. Did you ever get as far to figure out who this character is? You read about him at all? No, I didn't. Hmm. Admittedly. That's okay. I'm curious what's going to, I'm just, I don't know. Are we going back to Tatooine, I guess? Was he, was the Mandalorian back on Tatooine when he came across that Han Solo wannabe? Dickhead, was yeah, that they, Tatooine that he landed on? Yeah, they were in Mos Eisley. How dare That's you? That's right. Oh yeah, because we we had conversations about um, uh, Luke not being brought up, like he was like a myth at that time. Yeah, well, also that Han Solo wannabe was sitting in Han Solo's booth. <clears throat> oh, trying to be cool. That was a. Uh, I mean, we can keep talking about this new casting before we go on to the Mandalorian, mm. but I did rewatch it and. That was one of the performances in there that I was not impressed with at all. Oh, the kid? Yeah, yeah. it was cringy. I get the character idea, but yeah, even well, and Mrs. Commander was sitting there while I was watching it, and she's like, Who is this actor? He's not good. Why is he in Star Wars? I was like, You're right. You are correct. Some people make the cut, unlike Mopar and Commander, but uh who's who's to say? Joe Rogan, we got to consult him first. They're saving hey, us. They're saving us on. for episode ten. They don't want us to give all away all the good ideas too quick. You know what I mean? Well, uh, to jump around like uh, like jackass, jump, jump, um, jump. Go ahead. Would Would you be okay with an episode ten? You know, Greedo I posted you, a little poll want? on that I, on, twi- on Twitter. 
and I was thinking about it and I was like, at this moment, no, but this is what Star Wars has always done is have these giant gaps. And then when the time feels right, they bring things back. So who knows what I'm going to feel like in seven years or 10 years, if we need to kind of revive the story of Ray, I don't know. Um, you know, I mean, it's a good point. Uh, I, I just don't see any need to right now. Uh, I guess my, my vision is there's a lot of other opportunities that they could uh, focus on and a lot of other stories that they need to go after rather than just continuing the crap that they, they have already set up. Um, Agreed. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's just... They need to focus on other stuff, which they seemingly are starting to transition into 100% other stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, finally, they're getting away from the Skywalker saga, which is what we've been asking for since the inception of this fucking Disney recording bio. bullshit that we do on podcast, a daily. Yeah. Right. But then if so. we have from now until, you know, 2030 and it's all new stuff, new storylines, different characters and everything, then who's to say we won't be like. You know, I wonder whatever happened to Ray. Did she restart the Jedi Order? She gallivanting around with her yellow lightsaber? What's going on? Remakes every 20 years. We'll just keep fucking doing it over and over. Yeah. Who's going to pick it up that time? Then it's nostalgic. Exactly. That's what I mean. These things go in cycles. So, like, it's going to feel totally different in 10 years. It's not. We're not going to feel like the sequel trilogy just ended and, you know, 30% of the fans are fucking pissed off and hate everything. It's going to be totally different down the line. So who knows? you know what's nice is twenty years from now the children that grew up with the sequels are gonna love it like us with the prequels exactly and they're gonna they're gonna want to know more about Ray and Finn and all those those people that they grew up with exactly yeah so by the time that happens and the sequel trilogy kids are grown up and they have their own kids then yeah who's to say they won't bring it back but does Kylo uh, do, does Ben Solo become a Force ghost since he was redeemed at the end and. Darth Vader himself became a fucking force ghost. That's a good question. I feel like if I feel like if he had, then he might have showed up with his uh, with Luke and Leia at the end, don't you think? You think it would have made an appearance? No. I mean, I, I look it up. Uh, 50 50. Like, I, I, I think it would make sense to a point. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You no, know, I did see. I did see kind of some descriptions of uh, God. What what was it focused on? Like the failures of Yoda ended up being like the success of the Jedi. It was something weird along those lines that Yoda failed in like so many certain ways, but almost set himself up. Uh, long story short, like allowing himself to die. Uh, you know, Obi-Wan let himself die uh, in episode four. So because mm -hmm. he wanted to become more stronger, more stronger. Um, but I guess it was like long, uh, uh, fleshed out. The Jedi were not afraid to die. They accepted death, whereas the Sith did everything in their power to prevent death or prolong it. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was kind of the big difference that the Sith couldn't become forced ghosts because... They were, it was unnatural. Uh, and, and the Jedi kind of accepted death and were able to live on mm -hmm. uh, beyond because, I don't know. I, I thought it was a really simple view of tearing back everything. Uh, Once you uh, break things down, they do end up being pretty obvious and pretty simple like that. So I like that too. 
I concur. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, you know, I, it really got me thinking about the difference of the the characters that were in the Jedi Council. Like, I have one hundred percent belief that Yoda was a little more wise than the rest of them and could see into the future and kind of knew what was going on. And I think Mace did too. He just uh, <clears throat> interpreted it incorrectly. Uh, and he was such an absolute guy where him and him and Yoda were good balancing to each other, but uh, it was ultimately the downfall of, of <clears throat> the, pretty much the rest of the Jedi, where, whereas Yoda kind of had an inkling. And yeah. I, I, I almost felt like Yoda allowed, not, not that he would wanted this, but I almost felt like Yoda allowed the Jedi to die. Yeah. Because that's what was required. That he saw that this isn't working. You know, I can't prevent it. Not that he could prevent it, but right. it's like it was necessary. I was just going to say, do you think he pulled some like Doctor Strange and he was like, some shit's going to go down and we're not going to be able to stop it. The more we try to stop it, the worse it's going to get. And we just need to let it happen and kind of rebuild. So he's like, like at the end, Doctor Strange sees a vision. There's one way to do it. And he gives things up to Thanos and he's like, here you go. Here's a stone, blah, blah, blah. So I was thinking like, as you were saying that Yoda, maybe he did the same thing. Maybe he's like, you know, I've had visions. I've, I've thought about it. I've meditated. This is what could happen. And it can be good if we give in and just let this play out. The more we try to fight it, it could go wrong. So, you know, it's, exactly. it's a longer term thing. He has to just let the Jedi rebuild over the course of, you know, 30 or 40 years. It doesn't happen overnight. Well, I guess my, uh, my thought is on Yoda's point of view is... The Jedi, what they were doing was not working. Mm -hmm. Let's just get that out of the way. And I think he knew that. Right. But, you know, the rest of the Jedi, what they were trying to do is defend their way of life. It would defend exactly what's failing. And I think that's what Mace and everybody else got caught up with, where even Obi-Wan got caught up. This is, I'm I'm defending the Republic. Well, that's the fucking issue. Mm -hmm. You're you're no longer defending your, your... morals your your jedi compass all or whatever the fuck out you want to say that he was defending the republic in which they shouldn't be they become corrupted by mistake they think they're doing the right thing and they cling so hard to what they set up and what they believe in that it ends up flipping as time goes on they see a problem and they just instead of trying to fix it or think of a different way to do it they just keep clinging to the same way they've always done things and it just drives it right down You know what? Uh, we're we're, di- we're diving deep into this, baby. So we're getting into it, baby. Jedi philosophy, um, boy. My, my mind's, it's just, it's spooling here. Um, I feel like we're on, that's one end of the spectrum here. Spooling? Spooling, like a turbo. Turbo Mopar. Um, I feel like that's one end of the spectrum for the Jedi, that they were so hard tied in their relationship with uh, the Republic that the other complete side of it was like Revan's era where the Republic needed the Jedi's help and they completely said, no, we're not fucking around. We're going to let everybody die mm-hmm. just because we don't feel like we're, we're I mean, we got we got pizza rolls. Why the fuck would we go? Help I'm not going to risk these pizza rolls. Up. Come on. The Sith could take our pizza rolls. Exactly. We can't. We can't. Exactly. So I, I, it's kind of a cool balance there, and I don't think that was uh, constructed for, uh, you know, I don't think Drew thought that. 
Um, you know, I think it's just a different view, but it is kind of two ends of the spectrum where they should be involved. They should be, but not for the sake of the Republic. They should do it for the sake of the people. Help people out, you know, stop the fighting, trust the force. Mm -hmm. Don't do it because you're part of the Republic and don't do it because fuck off. The Republic is dumb and, <laughs> you know, there, there's got to be some balance there. And that's what it's all about is fucking balance. Always about balance, man, which has me... That's another uh, reason why episode 10 could happen. If it's all about balance, but Ray's the only one that's left, what does that mean? If she starts the Jedi Order, even if she thinks she's doing the right thing, could that push the Force slightly back out of balance and over the course of another hundred years or a thousand years, you could end up with the same issue? I feel like it's just going to keep cycling. There's never going to be a time... Maybe short bursts of like peace and happiness, but there's never going to be like a stretch where the galaxy <laughs> like is a thousand, just like a thousand year stretch before episode one. <laughs> but it always comes back around. Time. I know, but in You're the right. in the entire yeah. length of the universe, it's nothing. That's what I mean. It's like it's never in Mass Effect. It's fifty thousand years. The Reapers come back every yeah. fifty thousand years. That's a super long stretch of time. But there is well until Shepard. I forget the end of three. What even happens? I don't know. Um, but the it, kid shows up and everything becomes one and they're all good. What's the blue kid or the green kid? I think kid? it ends. They are all, I think the Reapers and everybody are eating ice cream at the end of three. I forget. <laughs> I might need to watch a, sure. uh, a plot summary or a plot review of Mass Effect 3 because it's been a long time since I've beaten the game. Um, yeah. But anyways, yeah, I'm just you know, kind of rambling. I'm thinking is it's it only stays in balance for a certain amount of time. It's always going to tip back, and then that's where the stories come into play is there needs to be something that tips it the opposite way to balance it back out. Yeah. I mean, I guess um, one thing that comes to mind when we're talking about like not doing hardcore Jedi things and not doing hardcore Republic things uh, that's in that time is, is uh, Fallen Order. Cal Kestis at the end gets finally gets that list of uh, four sensitives. And instead of doing what's best for the Jedi, which probably would have ended up in failure, he crushes it and trusts in the living force. And I think that's such that holds so much more weight than than you think. Um, that was a savage ending. Yeah, no, it, it, it was a surprise ending. First of all, that's one of the I'm going to say it right now. That's probably one of the greatest endings storylines to to a game that I especially Star Wars, you know, yeah. I, I, Kotor's ending was. I mean, you you face your former apprentice. It's fun, and the battle stuff's great. But you you kind of know you're gonna beat him, and you're gonna either gonna be Revan or, or or you know the Jedi. I felt like that was more of a surprising twist at the end, where you're running from Vader. Sierra gets killed. No, she doesn't. She does. No, live, she doesn't. Does she? she comes back. That was one of my biggest annoyances. One of those stupid Assassin's Creed action sequences where a million things happen, but no one dies. Um, yeah. I think that's a big missed opportunity. What you just said about Revan, how it ends. You know you have to face Malak. Obviously, he's the boss. That's that's going to happen. But once that's done, you get to choose the ending based on how you've played the game. Same thing with Mass Effect. That's the biggest missed opportunity in Fallen Order is that, like, what if throughout the game you were making decisions... Believing in the Jedi, trusting in the Force, or starting to doubt a little bit. And when you get that holocron at the end, 
you get to make a decision as the player. Yes, we're going to go try to help these Jedi or we're going to, you know, destroy this and leave them alone. That could set up a Fallen Order sequel perfectly and pull the Mass Effect thing where your decisions and, you know, your skills and your actions carry over into the next game. And then, you know, you could, Kel could be an Inquisitor. Kel could rebuild it, try to help the Jedi. Kel could get caught up in the rebellion. There, there's a, a limitless options. Yeah, you know what my mind went to is like a split. You, I know they would never do this, but like a split game that depending on your uh, on your uh, decision at the end, whether you crush the holocron or not, it's almost like Jedi Order or Jedi Fallen Order Two would be completely different storylines going from there forward. And depending on your decision, it would almost be completely different DLCs. Right. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't even be the same game. Like you would just go completely and maybe you can buy, play both sides, like depending on whatever you want, you decided, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Almost like a, a choose your own story book. Like as you go through, make your decision at the end of this game and now you got to live with it. Exactly. The fucking Hardy boys, man. Hardy boys. <laughs> <laughs> All roads lead back to the Hardy Boys, dude. You know, you already know. That's that's what I'm thinking of, right? The Hardy Boys are like that's the choose your own adventure shit, right? I I've never read a, a Hardy Boys. It has to be right. I remember getting those out of the library in like fourth grade. Oh no! Oh my god, <laughs> Penelope Pitstop. She she ain't gonna have. No, maybe maybe I'm wrong. It's not a, the Hardy Boys are not a choose your own adventure. I know the Goosebumps started making those those books. What am I? What am I? Some of the thinking of over here. Sorry, super tangent, but we don't allow tangents on this show. <laughs> no, no. Joe I Rogan guess I guess I was only wrong. Only two tangents, right? There's a limit. No, it, I just I do remember these uh, limit this packaging. Like there was like seventy of these books that were like the same cover. Just choose your own adventure, different stories. Not the Hardy Boys. My bad. Same story. Same adventure. My bad, y'all. We should do a Choose Your Own Adventure podcast. Like, do you want Mopar to talk or do you want me to talk? Who talks first? (laughs) Apparatus. (laughs) That'd be wearing a mask during this show. I fucking love the apparatus. Transmissions. I love the apparatus. I want a mask, dude. I got that helmet from uh, Christmas like last year, but it doesn't fit right. I can't wear it on a regular basis. On an irregular basis, like every third Thursday. <laughs> I put it on That's and it looks cool, basis. but like I can't see out of it to walk around and function is the problem. It's oddly shaped. Like if it fits on my head, the eyes are too high. The eyes are like above my eyebrows and I can't see out of the helmet. <laughs> it's weird. So I might just have to build one. I don't know what. Do you think episode three? Um, w- let me ask you this then. Let's hear it. What in episode? What in episode three pushed pushed the boundaries of, of what Star Wars is nowadays? Like, I I think there's a lot. I could probably start listening listing the shit. But what 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 do you think? I think it's in? a cop out to say darkness, but really that was the darkest Star Wars movie there was. PG thirteen for the first time. Um, that was the first time I got teary-eyed in Star Wars. Like as Anakin was sitting there burning and screaming, I was like, even even back then, 
17 in 2005 watching it in theaters it was like this is some real shit so i mean that was a first i think for star wars you know what's funny is um all the little plot devices they use like the high ground which is a complete joke it like i'm okay with it <laughs> like it's such a small thing george lucas just I knew what memes were he predicted memes back then that's true. He just knew That's it. Very true. It's like high ground's going to be. A no, meme. I. I think. I mean, darkness is is an easy one. Uh, I would definitely agree. I mean, he murders children. Like, I can't believe they even suggested that. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, the one thing uh, I would have absolutely loved to see is a little more of. You sounded too cheerful him. saying that. He killed kids. It's crazy. It's so great. <laughs> Um, is him walking into the fucking oh my god the Jedi temple yep with clones the march oh 501st god. fucking around yeah that is one of the heaviest moments I mean that holds in, like the weight of Ahsoka walking away from the Jedi because mm -hmm. I feel like that's one of the heaviest like realizations or turning points for the Jedi Anakin walking into what he knows as like home and just oh my god it's the same dude just different different situation different circumstances holy shit Bro, it's can crazy you that he uh he, he does like he chooses his wife over his friends that's basically what happens he went he goes would you call them friends or co-workers <laughs> <laughs> colleagues his peers actually no peers. let's be honest no one's a peer to Anakin Skywalker um, colleagues I have a there's a theme in the Dark Tower which I'm almost done with that love will fucking ruin everything and I know that's a really yeah. weird theme but if you think about you know that in a lot of stories like people choose that over whatever is good or right like colloquially but Anakin is prioritizing his relationship with Padme one on one over the entire universe. Yeah. The Republic doesn't matter. The Senate doesn't matter. The Jedi don't matter compared to the two of us. And on one hand, obviously, that's important. I mean, there's a lot of like love stories and everything, but that it becomes the downfall of not just Anakin, but the entire galaxy. Galaxy. For 30 years. Yeah. It's crazy. Like a, an entire generation of people is defined by this dude not giving up pussy. For, <laughs> I mean, it fucks up your decision making, honestly. <laughs> you're that's, you're, that's what Miranda was there for. You, you can't make a heavy decision. Exactly. Negative negative ten intelligence. <laughs> negative five awareness. When the cheeks are around, you can't. You just can't. <laughs> the cheeks. The cheeks cloud all. <laughs> this is. Oh. oh my god. But yeah, it's um, crazy, man. No, he, it, he just detanked everything just for just for Padme and. That's the tragedy is that she she died anyways. Yeah, you know, and Brendan in the chat here said uh, Anakin didn't love Padme. He was obsessed with her. But I think that was Anakin as a person. He he had to be the best pilot. He had to be the best Jedi. He had to be the the, the only human that could do it. He had to be because that was he was obsessive what was about whatever he was doing. Yeah. The, well, the crazy thing is people like. Uh, expected that out of him. You're supposed to be the chosen one. Go win. Go go defeat Dooku single handedly. Go 
Go be the, the moral high ground for the entire Jedi as we collapse in front of you. Regardless, that's yeah. like that's the crazy thing. Even though Anakin was the tipping point, the Jedi were failing. Mm-hmm. The Jedi were already failing. Almost, I mean, you look at Anakin, he, he's the... He's the pinnacle Jedi. I love Obi-Wan, but he was clouded just like the rest of them. I think Anakin knew there was issues, and he didn't know what he could do about it. I mean, his own Padawan walked away, and he said, look, you don't think I've ever thought about walking away from this crap? I mean, they, the chicken fingers suck. And <laughs> like, Ob- <laughs> it, it, and Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan was like the only... There's no Raising Cane's on Coruscant. I mean, what the fuck? There's they don't even have the sauce, man. This the chicken fingers are dry. Sauce. I I know um, where you're. I think I know where you're trying to go, but I don't know ahead. if I would say that Anakin is like the peak Jedi. That seems a little far, because I think part of what Qui Gon was always about was trusting in the Force. And when Anakin has the vision of Padme dying for the first time, he goes to Yoda for advice. Good move, Anakin. Yoda tells you what to do, and you don't do it. Yeah, and you try to go against the Jedi's advice and against the Force's advice, and try to get help from Palpatine to take under. What's the best way to say this? You try to take personal control of something that the Force might be willing. If he was a true Jedi, it's like he would listen. And if that is supposed to happen, as tragic as that would be, Padme dying, for especially for him, if that was the will of the Force, if he was a true Jedi, he would have let it happen. No, and you're right. I guess my question would be, let's let's say he he listens to Yoda and Anakin, or I'm sorry, Padme dies in childbirth regardless. There's nothing he can do. Mm-hmm. There's there's complications or whatever. Well, he cannot kill everyone. He would he can he could do that? Well, that's what I'm saying. He he would be raising Luke and Leia with Uncle Obi, and the Jedi still probably would have failed because Palpatine's still in power. And they probably would have tried to overthrow him because he's still in power. Dude, Dooku, I don't know if Dooku would have died. Like, I, okay. No, nah, Dooku was okay. dead before I, that I, all happened. That's true. I just think, I, I think it was, it, they were in too deep. First of all, the Jedi were in too deep. Second of all, Palpatine already had too much power. Good song. He wasn't going to give it up. He had the entire Republic it, he was the in, Republic. His, in his hand. He, yeah. Um, I am all the senators. <laughs> I am all of the votes. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I, I don't know if there was a saving grace in Anakin's decision for the Jedi per se. If he if he didn't if he didn't I mean he des- he technically killed Badme if you want to from a certain point of view. Um, but I I think the will of the Force. I think she was going to die anyways, and he just had to either live with it or be the cause of it. And he basically. Got so pissed he became the cause of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess so. What, what, I'm wrapping this all in my head. No, I, I don't think uh, Anakin is the quintessential Jedi. What I do think is like the equal opposites. I feel like Qui Gon was so level headed and so displaced with his own emotions that he let the Force do everything. I feel like Anakin was the opposite that he breathed emotion, in which gave him so much power. That if, if he was able to control it, which he wasn't, he could have been the most powerful person ever. And basically did become that regardless. Yeah. yeah. Uh, See, I would say like Qui-Gon's right in the middle and then you have Yoda on one, sa- one side and then Anakin on the other side. See, I, I just, I think 
Because I feel like you know, Yoda I, has I, the Yoda has the intuition that Qui-Gon has, but because he's been around for a thousand years, he's seen this, he's seen that. We set the Jedi up to be this, the Republic does this. He's letting that kind of outweigh his like his gut reaction to what the Force is saying. So I feel like Yoda has that intuition that Qui-Gon has from the Force, but he's going against it because he thinks he has to hold up these Jedi ideals or something. And then Anakin's yeah. the other end of that, where he hears what the Force is doing and he feels so strongly about it that he tries to take control of it and influence it. I guess my question would be, do you think Yoda is preachy? Just drop some all? knowledge right there. Um, Sometimes, yes. I think absolutely yes. Do you think Qui-Gon is preachy? Sometimes yes, when he needs to be. I mean, I guess wh wh where's that balance between blindly preaching what you think is right and then also just guiding someone who's in trouble? Like, where's where's that balance of helping Anakin out but not saying you have to do this? It's like raising a child. You're you're trying to do the best. But you're gonna fuck up one way or the other. Yeah, uh, and you just—I don't—I don't know. I, I see. I feel like the, Yoda. The was Yoda tries to help Anakin. When when Anakin comes to him and says, "This is what's going on. I had this vision. Padme's gonna die," or he doesn't say Padme, obviously because it's a secret. But whatever. Yoda tries to say it as a person. Anakin Skywalker, I think you should do this. I feel like if Anakin had gone to Mace with the same information, Mace would have gone and went to the Jedi Council and been like. The chosen one's feeling this. We need to intervene. We have to do this. He's going to do something wrong because he's having these visions. I feel like that's kind of where the line is. Like Yoda, Yoda is trying to do what he thinks is best. And other Jedi, and especially like Mace Windu, I think, and Nick says here in the chat, like Mace is the opposite end of the spectrum from Qui-Gon. That Mace would just instantly try to like jump into action and say, you know, this is against the Jedi. We need to, you know, lock him up, take him off the council or whatever. <laughs> No, I uh, I agree with uh, what what Nick's saying here. Um, yeah, because I think, like you said, Mace would jump into action and try to he he would fall into the same thing that Anakin did. He tried to make change. He's trying to enforce stuff. Force yeah. change. Force change. I think Qui Gon Jinn would let something happen. Mm -hmm. If it's gonna happen, why change it? We're gonna have to accept right. it. Yeah, I I think Qui Gon was a little more uh, of the perfect Jedi. Because he wasn't a Jedi. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Like the further, the, the distancing away from the religious aspect of the Jedi was almost like the saving grace of, of, of Qui-Gon. Um, and it's, it's, it's funny because that he's the one that was able to come back from the force. Hmm. He was the one that became a force ghost and was uh, like allowed or opened that gate for everybody else. Um, so maybe it was his, uh, his trust in that. Uh, Witch Hunter says Qui-Gon was close to turning himself. I mean, like he was close to turning yeah. himself. Like in bed, turning over. He's now, uh, he's he was close to turn. He's turning the sheets. Turn. Turnover service. No, I mean, I don't, I don't think Qui-Gon was ever, I think turning his, turning away from the Jedi. Yes. I don't oh, think he yeah. was ever. Sorry. I don't think he would ever turn to the dark side. He trusted way too much in the living force. And I mean, he, he I, I do agree he was a little more preachy, but in such a non-biased way, almost like he just tr just do do just fucking trust what you want. Like, yeah. Do what 
I don't know. And it's almost not like he's telling you what to do. You're like giving Qui-Gon information and he just says like, here is a parable from the force. Like he's not saying you should do this, you should do that. He's just kind of like dictating what the force is telling him should be done. And just like, here's what I think. Here's the information and then do with it. Do what it do the fuck do with it what you will. Um, can you imagine for a second if Qui-Gon hadn't died and you get to the point in the clone? Well, maybe that if that happened, maybe the Clone Wars wouldn't have happened at all. I don't know. But imagine a scenario where you get into the Clone Wars era and Qui-Gon's still alive. He's been training Anakin this whole time. Obi-Wan is a Jedi Knight, but doesn't have to fuck with training Anakin. So he's probably way more stable mentally. And then Ahsoka comes into the picture. Imagine what would have happened to the Jedi if Qui-Gon and Ahsoka and Anakin were all... Like, it it becomes the point where Anakin isn't just this, you know, off-the-wall character who's the chosen one who wants to, you know, go against the principles of the Council... There's multiple Jedi that are feeling this same kind of way, and they're letting the Force like speak through them, and they all disagree with the Jedi. Maybe that would have forced them to kind of reconsider what they're doing. You know, that makes me think that there would have been a faction, or a, or, or what do they call that in religious terms? Uh, denomination. There's, a, there's no there's 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 a there's a word for like a, a breaking of of a of a religion into two different religions. I can't think of the word denomination, um, is but it's really, almost the word. Well, I mean, that's that's what you would call the different pieces. But there, I think there's a word for the action of like breaking of a religion. I, I don't know, whatever. Um, but I do feel like that would be like spawning a new. If Qui-Gon lived there, something would have something would have happened. A, a cataclysm, I think, is the, is the word. Maybe. Um, but I do think it, it, something would have happened because I think there was a lot more tension in even the Jedi Council. Like Mace was a madman. He was just <laughs> he was a madman. Mad yeah, he was. He's a badass. You see, basically think, unstoppable. So he probably yeah. At the end of the day, he's like, I can do whatever I want. There's even a line in well, Clone Wars it, where he's like, I've killed ten million battle droids. What the fuck do you want to do? He says that somewhere. I can't remember. Yeah. Are you 10 million and one? Next. Let's get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Um, no, I, j I just think, like, if, I, if I'm looking at the Jedi Council, who would be most twisted by Palpatine? I would probably point to Mace. Like, he's so clouded in, in... Well, first of all, he's so powerful. He probably wanted to be the fucking chosen one himself. He wanted, He's so fucking jealous that they found this, this little dusty dude <laughs> on Tatooine. Well, bro, you know how they say, uh, like... He can use Vapod as a, as a saber style because he can let the dark side kind of flow through him, but it doesn't overtake. It doesn't influence him. He's probably feeling the dark side and like feeding off of that for power and for energy and like trying so hard to make sure that he doesn't fall to the dark side that he's just clinging to all the Jedi ideals like to the T. Like he just can't well, let he's himself... Yeah, he's on that moral ledge. Yep. That he he can stay on the ledge, but that little push, which ends up being probably Anakin falling to the dark side, uh, just I mean, well, see, the, that's not even a, that's what the crazy push. thing is. It's not even a <laughs> the electrical push. It's not even a push. He's literally just like, oh, this guy's bad. The protocol is now we have to go arrest him. Let's go do this. Like he's so down to business. Like he doesn't give anyone a chance. I feel like he's not feeling his emotions. You know what I mean? Well, he's not like taking things into consideration, right? Like, 
Oh, he's the bad guy? Well, we got to go fucking kill him. Protocol says Jedi Code, guy. page 13, section 7, paragraph 9, says we have to arrest him now. Let's go do that. I am strong enough to kill him, and we should kill him. Let's kill him. Yes, let's kill him, please. All, who cares that the, the entire galaxy teeters <laughs> on this guy, and it, it looks up to him? Like, that? no, doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah he doesn't think uh, the, the idea of, like... Um, a resistance, or from the from the that rest of the galaxy. Like if you kill the chancellor, he doesn't think that through. He's right. just like, no, he's bad. We got to kill him. Which, from a certain point of view, <laughs> is what should happen. He's the there bad we go. Guy. You got to kill. Him. That's what we should have named the podcast. Uh, but there we go. Back to the the calling card of Star Wars from a certain point of view. Yeah, he's so down to business that he doesn't give himself time to breathe or anybody else time to breathe. He's just trying so hard to like do the right thing that he just goes into action and he's just like, oh, bad guy, arrest, let's go now, please. I need four Jedi, let's do this. Well, and also, it's weird that he would go as far to have a conversation with Obi-Wan and Yoda and say, I don't trust him. That's Bro, really, I can't tell really you how ballsy. annoyed I get in the prequels. That's probably one of the things that pisses me off the most is how many times the Jedi are just like, Man, some shit's about to go down, and they don't do anything. Dark side of the force is clouding well, our from vision. From a certain point of view, that's what Qui Gon would have done. I know. Well, yeah, I guess true. Trust I, in the force. It just, I, I think we're all gonna. I think we're all gonna drown tomorrow. Should we use floaties? No, let's trust in the force. No, just trust. We gotta. Should I learn how to swim tonight? No. No, just trust. The force will swim you. The, <laughs> the force is. Uh, <laughs> it yeah. will swim you. No, just that that is one thing that always really bugged me. It's just like, here's the chosen one. I don't trust him. Dark side of force is clouding our clouding our vision. Our ability to use the force has diminished. And they just say that in a council meeting and then they don't do anything. They don't try to counteract it. They don't try to investigate. It's just like, oh well, yeah. You know, but I, I mean I, I'll still argue for both the other side. Like, what are you supposed to do? Force it into True. action. And True. that's kind of what ends up happening is Mace takes it into his own hands and goes after Palpatine and it ends up killing him and three other badass Jedi. Like what? There's no, it's a lose-lose situation. The, 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 the fate has been written in the scripts. They're all going to yeah. die and Yoda lets it happen. And he, he, I think uh, Yoda ha has a little more uh, clairvoyance uh, to at least survive. And that's, that's all he could do. Yeah. Well, he says I failed. Time to go into exile. Phase two. But failure isn't the end. That's the moral of the story. You can fail, learn from it, and move on. And he he did. Um, you know, you got to live with your own failures, but mm -hmm. at least he didn't kill his own wife. Jesus Christ. Anakin, what are you doing? <laughs> Yoda didn't even have a wife. It, maybe. I mean, there's a little one running around. <sighs> Those long weekends on, on, oh. on that lost planet, Yoda. Speaking of, my little black series baby Yoda came in. Check it out. He's so small. <laughs> it's funny how small it's he is. So miniature, dude. Because it's in it's in like size ratio to like the normal black series figures. So he's so tiny, and he's a little bit bigger than Babu Freak, but he's still very very small. Mm. One of my favorites. All right, sorry. No, I, I I love getting into deep moral conversations of how the Jedi failed because it's just fun. 
I guess what what would be the other other side of all this conversation is trying to prove Palpatine right. I mean, that's the crazy like, thing, and that's why I like Palpatine's storyline. Is from a certain point of view, he was right because he did kind of sense that the Jedi had become a totally distorted version of what they were supposed to be. Like he he knew. I mean, that was kind of his goal is to take the Jedi down and to take over the Republic. He knew that the Republic was fucked. They're stuck voting for nine months about nothing and getting nothing done. The Jedi were stuck trying to, you know, enforce these ideals and be police officers, basically. They lost sight of their vision, and he wanted to change it. But he's evil, so he changed it and then took control of everything and, I don't know, made it worse, made it better. Uh, that was a crazy thing, actually, as I was rewatching The Mandalorian, when they sit down with the client who hires him to find Baby Yoda, and he says, like... How how much better were things six years ago when the Empire was still in control? Like, look around. Can you name? How much it? worse? No, he says how much better. He says that's he's like so in so invested in the ideals of the Empire that he says like, can you name anything, any system, any like territory or city that is safer now that the Empire's gone? Everything's in chaos now because the Empire has been disbanded. He's like all in on it. It's crazy. Yeah, I guess it's just because there's no order or structure anymore. I mean, right. for how bad the, the at the, at the top level how how evil it was, um, you know, if you're just a planet that's not truly affected, sure, you might have to like pay a tax that you won't see, you know, any benefits <laughs> from, and that tax money. Well, I mean, let's get to it. You're probably paying tax money that's paying for weapons to exploit another species but, or something, bro. You know what can you, you know what it. can spark when there's a tax dispute, it's taxation issues that could change the whole galaxy. Your DSL is going to go down and then invasion. <laughs> invasion is 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 Spectrum Internet? Is that the Empire Emperor? I think they have Empire? Time Warner out it? there. Um, no, I was just noticing. I noticed how creepy it was that he was so invested in the policies of the empire that he was like, you know, look at what your rebellion got you. Everything is fucked. It's chaos. Yeah. Don't you wish we were back? Well, you know, and that's kind of the same thing that Ahsoka goes through in, in season seven. Like they do all this good, but it's such high level good that on the, on the ground level with everybody else, it they, the Jedi are fucking everything up just as bad as the evil people. Right. Uh, and, and I think that's the realization that Qui-Gon had. He, he knew that it had to be better than just defeating the bad guy. That's not that. I mean, even defeating the bad guy is not the, the point of the Jedi. It's to help people and support people, which they weren't doing. They got so caught up in defending the Republic and killing the bad guy that, uh, yeah, that was the downfall. That's why, like you said an uh, episode or two ago, Ahsoka's like the played out life of Qui-Gon. She, she has that realization. She does leave and doesn't fall to the dark side, mm -hmm. which we felt like Qui-Gon was on that on that uh, path. So. It'd be really cool if she gets a chance to commune with Qui-Gon after episode three. That'd be awesome. What if she had been? What if they hint at that, that she was getting like dreams and Qui-Gon was getting involved and saying dude That'd be awesome. you gotta get out gotta get out of there shit sucks yeah yeah Qui-Gon Jinn man he's the real he's the real real
Yeah. I'm wondering if they're if they're ever gonna do like uh I don't know, like a bastard version of, of the Jedi where there's not any restrictions or kind of slowly building like I guess my, my vision is the Jedi fail. Luke tries to rebuild exactly what failed. That fails. Now we're moving on to Rey, who actually has some books that she's not clouded by the all the crap that she could start and, and kind of put structures together, but it doesn't have to be so controlling, so absolute. I think that, I mean, that we everything Royal runs back to episode three. Only a Sith deals in absolute. Dude, do you know what we've been doing for the past 20 years? Yeah. Living by these absolute rules that the Jedi have put in order? Like, what are you talking about, only Sith? Obi-Wan, you're just as blind as the rest of us. The hypocrisy, yeah. You're a good guy, but fuck you. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Anakin bastard. Skywalker. Yeah, I mean, that's where I think there's some legs Man. for episode 10, because where is Ray going to take that in the future? There's opportunity there. So, I don't know. Yeah, especially if if Ray communed with Qui-Gon or Ray communed with Yoda, it'd be awesome because you could just they could just be like don't do what we did. Clearly we fucked up. Like you've got to make your own way and learn from our failures but also learn from your own. Um and obviously she has the power to commune with them. She hears all of them when she's laying on the ground taking a nap uh in the Sith <laughs> temple thing on Exegol. Got to take a rest. All this lightning's fucking phasing me out. I was looking up. I was going to look up what. That's what happens. Uh, she has a seizure. She doesn't. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, here we go. Yeah, hearing Qui Gon's voice in Rise of Skywalker was so amazing. I was just looking up what he exactly what he said because I forgot. Come on. That's. Uh, I mean, Nick. Uh, I don't know exactly what the cosmic force is, but uh, the fact that. Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka are all part of that uh, the father of the force and all that. Like, she has an experience that only the chosen one and one of the best Jedi ever got to experience. And I wonder if she could take something from that and like learn from it. I'm hoping she she lives for a long time. Ahsoka's such a badass character. We, we've, we've sung her praises, but uh, she just has, not only is she badass and has a, a cool point of view, she has experience that zero people have. To be Anakin Skywalker's Padawan, to also learn from Yoda and Obi-Wan, probably some of the most clear-minded Jedi, even though they did fail in the end. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, she, yeah, it's just such a unique character. She could stick around you know, for a while, what, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, and I'm hoping that that's what Ray becomes if they do push this forward, that she's more of a think-for-herselfer rather than a follow-the-way. What if they did something where there wasn't a Jedi Council and there wasn't, like, a Jedi headquarters and they weren't tied to whatever the government of the time actually is? Like, what if they were just kind of more so in secret not like they were trying to hide out on purpose, but they were like, you know, every Jedi kind of has their own way of doing things. We come together every once in a while. Uh, we share things with one another, but, you know, we don't align with the faction. We're all just 
studying the force, meditating the force, training, practicing, and they all just kind of do their own thing. And like, there doesn't have to be some sort of major religion or council behind it. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes me think like religious armies. Like, that's the craziest thing. And that's what exactly what, like the Templars. We I'm, I'm playing uh, Assassin's Creed, so oh, like, that's yeah. on my mind. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's like the Templars, like, believe what we believe or we're going to kill you. And and not that the Jedi get to that point, but they defend violently mm-hmm. their thoughts and they defend the Republic violently. Uh, even if it is for the right reasons in their mind, you're still killing people and not helping anybody. I guess my point is like, I'm looking at the Mandalorians now. Like this is the way there is there. There can be like a code and there can be different factions or, or levels uh, of of this code but right. you know when when shit hits the fan let's all come together and, and and make make a difference but then let's leave it let's not try to take shit over well like if something's attacking i don't know it's all it's all from a certain point of view i don't know like what is evil when do you get involved that's where i'm curious how they're going to take that in mando season two because like there is a creed but i feel like you have to leave yourself flexible enough to say based on what's happening maybe the creed doesn't apply here like the when yeah the emperor takes over and all the jedi are dead like i'm just saying in in that time period if the mandalorians were around like maybe the stuff that they practice in their creed it doesn't really apply anymore because this is so unheard of and everything's in chaos so the flexibility there i think is something that all of these factions need yeah yeah <laughs> You know, it's it's kind of funny, like uh, Sons of Anarchy, how there's different clubs, but they're under the same. They all have a mutual code. understanding with but each they, other. They, yes, but they all do their own things in their own different ways. But when one faction or, or one group is in trouble, the other ones come in and support it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of a weird, you know, connect the dots here, but. Uh, it is. It would be interesting to see not just one Jedi way, like have have remote Jedi places. They all do what they need to do, but if there is a major issue, maybe they all get involved. Or you know, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I'm not a Jedi, and I'm and I'm proud of it. <laughs> uh, I'm proud of that fact as well. But yeah, you have um, the Force is not a Jedi exclusive thing. I think that's what it comes down to. And that's where it's interesting. Like Ray doesn't have to restart the Jedi order. That's just one variation of what the force is. And a group of warriors who have trained and decided to use the force. They fought for good, but in some, in some places for evil, like you have every, everything on Dathomir, you have the night sisters, like there's magic and there's force involved there and there's force in other places in the galaxy. So having different factions or, you know, the Jedi just individually doing their own thing is is feasible. So that'd be that'd be interesting to see. I don't know. I like Qui Gon Jinn. I might watch Phantom Menace tonight. It does suck that such a monumental character is uh, killed off. But it's kind of I mean it's it's give and take, man. He's monumental because he's killed off. He like he does major things in episode one but the fact it's the duel of the fates if he lives <laughs> everything can somewhat remain in balance but he doesn't get it also shows how much whole. knowledge he dropped in you know 
What the, how long is that fucking movie? In 120 something minutes. Just how much knowledge he dropped in that just that short film that he's, you know, fit 21 years later, we're here talking about Qui-Gon Jinn. And I have no problem with that. Yeah. I mean, he's just, it's because he's different. Anakin's different. He's the best. Anakin's different. Fuck Anakin. Ahsoka's different, and Qui-Gon's different. If, Qui-Gon. I, if, if I had to pick the three, the three Jedi, so. Qui-Gon's the best. What are you saying to me right now? Qui-Gon is the best. That's all I have to say. Um, this is Qui-Gon Squadron. And yeah, it's been fun. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just, I was pulling up his article on Wikipedia just to see if there was anything else. Uh, it might be time to bust out that Master and Apprentice book. I do need to finish Dark Tower first because I'm very close to the end, but Master and Apprentice would be worth reading. I finally got the, the, uh, Commando books in. Oh, nice. Or book. I'm sorry. So I, I scratched the surface of that. Um, I'm hoping that I have some time here to kind of dig into that. But um, yeah. Well, start now before quarantine's so, over. Uh, to get, yeah, to get a, a little away from um, Star Wars, uh, I am playing Assassin's Creed. I have been balls deep. It's a fun game. Nice. Which one did you start with? Assassin's Creed 2, the uh, and Assassin's Creed 2, uh, nice. the Enzio uh, trilogy. Um, or Ezio. 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 Adottore. Uh, Adottore. Italian. And the funny oh, yeah. thing is, we're, we're getting through um, Jersey Shore, too. So it's like been Italian overload for me. <laughs> and I've been just balls deep in the mood to watch uh, The Godfather. That's my everyday life, man. Just overload Italian. Um, Godfather is good. No overload. There's so much hair everywhere. Everywhere. Pasta and hair. What the fuck? Um, it's basically the same thing. I'm sure we talked about this on the show, but I had just watched Godfather for the first time last summer. Uh, Mrs. Commander was gone for the weekend, and I watched all three of them on just like a Saturday and a Sunday. Um, good shit. Good shit. Yeah. My favorite one, I haven't finished three. Uh, I just... You get that that deep into it, I was like, eh, I'm okay with it. The second one was by far my favorite. For sure, yeah. Um, and I don't mean and I don't mean that as like the first one's crap, but uh the first one's long and it sets a lot a lot of stuff up, but man, does it just I love the going back into uh you know the history of the family and all that. And it's it's just yeah, it's fun. Yeah, two is really um, cool because you see you see the father and son both on their own paths in different periods of time. It's just so cool. Yeah. And not that they're they're the same. It's kind of mirror images of each other. That one does it this way, the other does it this way. And right. uh, yeah, it's kind of cool to to see them. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, Mass Effect, or, or not Mass Effect? Sorry, <laughs> uh, Assassin's Creed Two. Thought you were just trying to make some other um, tangent, but yeah, you just is mispronounced it. <laughs> no, Assassin's Creed Two is uh, definitely dated. And uh, I mean that hardcore, like the battle sequences. Maybe I just don't get it, but man, there's one button for attack, and I'm pressing it, and not a fucking thing's happening. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't know what. Maybe it's me. Maybe I, I just don't get it. Um, you have but, to ask yeah, when butter there's seven about guys that. around you. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know, I, I feel like the 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 makeup of the the battle sequences is similar to like the the Arkham games. Mm-hmm. Like, you, it, it's a similar battle sequence, but the Arkham games just make sense to me. This one is like, I know it has some timing in it, and there's like parry stuff and, and avoid and uh, like avoid and rolls and stuff. But man, I just sometimes I'll kill four people immediately just by pressing attack, and sometimes that will not happen. I don't know. I that's long, the thing long, that frustrates long, long me short, is it's when it's not like consistent. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um I yeah, Assassin's Creed wise, I yeah, I played two I back know. in the day. Um I liked it, but I have never been huge on like the action adventure style games. They don't have enough RPG for my taste. Um and then I bought Assassin's Creed Origins, which is the Egyptian one. And that one, the, the coolest thing about that for me is just being able to walk around Alexandria and walk around Cairo and go in pyramids. And I think that's fucking awesome. So it's like more of the exploratory stuff that I enjoy in those games rather than like the, the specific combat or the, the story. Not the exploration. The exploratory. <laughs> exploratory game. That's what it is. Um, the exploration. Explorations. Yeah. So those are the only two that I've tried. No, I, I agree. I love... I love going through like Florence um, and it's just even the different cities within in within Italy. It's, it's fun. Uh, no, I, I love the exploration of it, too. Yeah. And it, the, the seeds that are planted in these early games and they talk about uh, Egyptian assassins and all this other stuff. Man, is it hardcore tied. And, and the fact that you are like working with Leonardo da Vinci half uh basically half the game uh in in assassin's creed 2 it's like man does this make sense and i love how hardcore it's tied into like art and renaissance and yeah. all that uh it's just it's it's very done very well let's just say that when when they're talking about uh uh um relating to to actual historical events and historical peoples yeah it's cool yeah i love that yeah i might have to I'm pick it back it. up i don't know it's been a while i played origins i got it when it came out that was right around the same time as Battlefront 2. Played it for a couple months and then just kind of lost interest. So I might have to, you know, give it another shot. And the Viking one that's coming out soon looks sweet. So we'll see. Holy shit. <laughs> That'd be Ragnar the Vikings. Red. Going around and fucking axing people. <sighs> but yeah, that's that. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> Anything else going on? What's Star Wars? Uh, Cassian news. We haven't got anything. Mandalorian. They've released half of it through uh, just a uh, news article. Yeah, they just you know what they already put happened? the script on Disney Plus, so you can just read the script. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Nothing about Kenobi. Nothing about uh, Cassian, not as far as I know. Uh, no updates on Celebration. I'm assuming it's going to get canceled or delayed. Um, every all the other events, even if it's even if California lets them do Celebration, I feel like. A lot of people are not going to want to go just for safety reasons. So the attendance is going to be down and they're not going to make enough money to do it. So they're going to push it no matter what. So, yeah, that's my thought. Sad, but makes sense. Uh, but otherwise, sad but true. Sad but true. Oh, how's your uh, Metallica marathon been going? Um, I was going to do it daily. Obviously, I skipped a few days, so I just stopped doing it daily, but I am still getting through it. Um, it's awesome reliving, 
it, it sounds funny, but like I don't often sit and listen to an entire album mm-hmm. uh, and really critique it per se. You know, I've listened to those albums so many times, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's fine. It's really fun, uh, and it, it's it's cool seeing the progression of Metallica as songwriters and just even their talent. It, it gets so much so much better, and it just leaps and bounds. Yeah. Um, and I actually just they they released a, a live video from 1983, a that, live yeah. show um, on YouTube, and wow, were they bad! Like everything's there, <laughs> it just sounds so bad. <laughs> so like funny. the talent, the the songwriting, it's all there. It's just they need to work on their sound, and James needs to find his fucking voice before I shut this shit off. <laughs> Take some Jesus. time, man. Yeah, for sure. Whiplash! You're like, oh, okay, let's calm that down. <laughs> um, but I think I think it is really just um, reinforcing my, my 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 thoughts. It hasn't really changed my thoughts on a lot of their. I mean, we, we're such big Metallica fans. We already know. Just reminding you that they're that fucking like badasses, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, my I, I'm left off on Saint Anger, which is you know historically uh, the the least. Uh, popular or least favorite um i'm okay with it it's bad but there it's not my least favorite surprisingly so i'll say that there's things to like things Re- to reload is my is my least favorite that it just it completely misses me yeah there's I more agree. songs on uh, on saint anger that i like than reload <laughs> and reload has like a weird country twang that just doesn't work for me just i think i off. yeah i think i could agree with that for sure well, cool. Good shit. Um, I searched Star Wars on Google. Let's see if there's any any updates. Eight minutes ago, nothing happened. So <laughs> we're still on we're still on Disney actually deleted Star Wars from its archives eight minutes ago. Oh, we didn't really talk about the forty years uh, of Empire, which was hap- happening this week too. Yeah, it's because the original trilogy is overrated. So I didn't <laughs> want to go into it. I'm just kidding. Maybe what, what would you what would you argue as the most most influential Star Wars film to me or like to the franchise uh to you uh episode one for sure that's what got me into it got me hooked yeah yeah it's hard not to say episode one it's either episode one or three like I feel like episode one introduced me into what being a Star Wars fan was mm-hmm. and then three just punched me in the temple and said you're in this for life bitch right so you don't have a choice like, <laughs> I, you don't have a choice oh the other thing that not to uh, fucking wrap everything up but the other thing that episode three did was really push the bounds of uh, i think the score of episode three is astounding i think the prequels really pushed it in general but yep. three i was like the entire film is you just feel it you, you feel, feel the weight through the, the score. That was one of my favorite things man. that they did and in then, in the finales. Those last four episodes of the Clone Wars is bringing back some of those themes from Revenge of the Sith, especially the Order sixty six stuff. Like that's that's what really made that hit. That end of Clone Wars so intense. Yeah, and you know what? I did see. I I know a lot of people criticize the 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 sequels, but I did see a rendition of. Um, I think it was Exegol with Ray and Palpy, and they put some of those scores from episode three in there. And man, did it feel like a completely different film. I I hate saying it. 
True. But I was like, whoa, this is way more intense all of a sudden. <laughs> it's true, it's true. And I couldn't put my finger on it, and, and I, I, I clicked the uh, description. I was like, oh, no wonder the scores from episode three. That's awesome. I'll have to watch that. Oh, my God. God, yeah, that's was, such a pretty epic. That's such a crazy lifetime achievement just for Mr. Williams. Not only is he the best film scorer ever, but just for him to be able to influence Star Wars and just from the beginning, and it's been almost 50 years, and he's been able to do all well, nine of them. That's so crazy. It's insane, man. Yeah. Yeah. So score, I mean, score has always been a high point, but I for some reason. Maybe it's just because I knew in the Imperial March. I knew it. So it wasn't like so fresh and so crazy to me. So fresh uh, so but I really do. I mean, I think skill wise too, like the technical aspects of the prequel score is at like uh, an all time high. Like mm-hmm. It's it's quick. Duel of Fates is crazy. <laughs> it is. And there's so many, there's so um, many little sections the in, in Battle of the that, really... that is just insane. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And how they all tie together, like small little strings of undertones that tie together. It's pretty crazy. Uh, the other thing is obviously uh, the choreography of the fights was just at a fucking all time high in episode three. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from a certain point of view, it hurt the rest of the the uh, the galaxy because, man, nothing's ever going to live up to Obi-Wan and Anakin going at it for a half hour, just beating the shit out of each other. It's <laughs> so crazy. Yeah, but, but they cool were they went that they far. were able to come up with their own kind of different style for the sequel trilogy, which I was really happy with. Like it's yeah. it does it made it not so much as like a comparison, at least for me watching it. It was like a totally different style. You could appreciate it in its own element. It didn't seem like oh, well, this isn't as cool as Anakin and Obi Wan. So why am I even watching this? I never had those thoughts. So, um, but it, it makes it makes sense, you know, from from just a fight standpoint, like. Oh, Anakin and Obi-Wan grew up in a Jedi temple. I'm sure that they had select training and select things that they had to do. Yeah. So it was a little more of a, a choreography dance. Like they knew and they knew each other's uh, fighting style so right. well that it's it's just going to go on forever. It's going to be intense and fast because they're also they're crazy powerful Jedi, both of them. And Obi-Wan so, trained uh, Anakin. I mean, I think it hit a pinnacle and then. You, yeah. Yeah. And then you look at the sequels and it's a little more like reactive like you don't know what's coming i'm not a trained jedi assassin mm-hmm. i just i'm trying to beat the shit out of this guy with this stick i don't know yeah swing it away yeah very much so um yeah yeah i think the other thing that they did in episode three very well is killed people off i mean to add to the darkness like dooku is beheaded in the first scene what the fuck is that? And then you see Grievous is also annihilated, and younglings, and the Jedi. And <laughs> and no one lives. <laughs> yeah, man, they were not pulling punches uh, by the end of episode three. That's for sure. Wipe out Viceroy Gunray and the other Separatist leaders. Everybody loses except for Palpatine. It's insane, dude. The entire galaxy loses. Everyone's fucked. Oh, my God. He just pressed the Nintendo reset button. He had the flashy screen. He had to do something. He took out the uh, Galaxy cartridge, snotted in it, and and pressed, and and we we did it all Added that expansion pack in there and fired it back up. It's all good. Fired it back off. Yeah. Smacking around a little bit. Uh, Yeah, so that's my thoughts on episode three. I'm going to go watch it. Time to watch. I'm actually going to watch Phantom Menace, I think kind of absorb some Qui-Gon knowledge if I can. 
Yeah. 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 All right, guys. Appreciate you guys checking us out. Thank you uh, for everybody's in a, a live chat with us. If you do want to catch us live as of right now, we are uh, recording Tuesdays around six, seven o'clock. Uh, so if, if you want to just stay up uh, or, or want to chat with us while we're while we're recording, do so and go over to YouTube. Yeah, I would say uh, we check out the YouTube everybody channel, subscribe, and that way when the live stream kicks off, you'll be notified and you can jump in, start talking shit, telling us why we're wrong. Yeah, you won't get over notified. We only go live once a once a week, and at least you'll be, yeah, we won't uh, spam. No spam. Aware that we're live. No spam, guys. There's no promises. I might spam. There's you. no promises of no spam. I might spam you. Now that I said it, I'm going to spam you. Thank you guys for tuning in. Cheers. <laughs>